Welcome to the Thicket and Thistle podcast, a roundtable discussion of our favorite aspects of musical theater. This episode, we are discussing The Inspector General. This is a farcical movie musical from 1949 that stars Danny Kaye. In it, Kaye plays a simple-minded snake oil salesman named Georgie, who is just too honest for his own good. After his partner fires him, Georgie wanders into a corrupt town where he is mistaken for an important diplomat. As Georgie unknowingly enjoys his false identity, the townspeople make several botched attempts to assassinate him, believing him to be a powerful politician. Matters get even more tangled and amusing when the real Inspector General shows up. Please enjoy the app. Um, Millennials v Gen X is a fantastic season of Survivor. Um, it's a great one. You're going to love it, Jules. I am interested to know how far you are and who is still Three around. Three episodes. Three episodes, okay. So pro- probably everybody's there. Everyone I can remember. Can we all get quick Survivor uh, nicknames, please? I'm Yao Man. <laughs> <laughs> what? My name is Yao Man. Why? Because Yao Man is my favorite Survivor. I thought it was Cowboy. No, there's also Cowboy. That's who mm. I'd be. I'd be Cowboy. <laughs> These are characters of Lost. <laughs> How about a chicken? There's a chicken. character named Chicken. Oh, coach. coach. Somebody's got to be Coach. I want to be James. Yeah. <laughs> Can I be Richard? That's the one Survivor yeah. guy I know. You can be Richard Hatch, absolutely. My favorite Survivor character is Boston Rob. Boston Rob is the king. He's the best. Best really? of all time. Well, shall we get this shindig started? Let's do it. We're up and running. Hello, 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 everyone. Our, our passionate listeners, welcome to another episode of our Thicket and Thistle podcast. Woo! Lindsay, will you do this for me? I can't. I'm snapping my fingers for people who uh, can't see this. There it is. Smack in the chew tin. I never can. I still can't do it. Awesome. I didn't know smacking the chew tin was a thing. That's what it comes from. The dip. Snooze. The dip. Snap. Oh, have any of you ever tried dip? Nope. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I just like, I'm almost ready to throw up talking about it. It is so bad. No, man. It'll get you fucked up in a hurry. (laughs) In the wrong kind of way. Oh, yeah. In a way like you just got off a spinny ride kind of fucked up. Like, it's not (laughs) like, like, oh, I'm more talkative. It's like, no, I need to lie down with some water. I don't know if you guys ever remember your first cigarette. It's a lot like that. Just like with the volume, like turned all the way up. Makes you like really lightheaded and like feel kind of weird. That's a lie. You definitely have. My first cigarette herbal. No way. I have never smoked a cigarette. You don't know this about me? Lindsay, Lindsay, you've not smoked either? No. Guys, I've smoked for years. I said my first cigarette was an herbal cigarette. Oh, oh, okay. Sam will say I have smoked because there's a photo of me and him on Facebook where I have a cigarette in my mouth, but it's because I was being bad Sandy and he was good Danny for Halloween one time and I was posing with the cigarette. You didn't I didn't actually smoke it, Sam. Don't I don't want to get it on the record. We're on the record right now, so I'm not going to push this, but you're not telling the whole truth about that moment. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure I didn't smoke it. Yeah. Kyle and I had a friend in college who uh, our freshman year chewed a lot of tobacco, and in his dorm room, he would have like Gatorade bottles around that just were like filled like to a quarter with spit. JP, right? Uh, um, Call him out on the record. (laughs) I found out the hard way, though, the first time by drinking said (gasps) 
<gasps> no. When I was really drunk and trying to like, I was like, oh, I oh, that's so gross. That makes my stomach hurt. I had friends in high school who are wrestlers and like chewing tobacco was how they lost weight because it like speeds up your metabolism. And it was like a known thing that wrestlers would walk around with like a little what? bottle at school, like spit into it. I mean, I also knew wrestlers who young. would just spit into bottles anyway, like just to lose the water weight. <laughs> right, this just is like, what they said. But they had they had chewing tobacco, didn't they? Yeah, no, I know because they were like teachers, were like, "What are you doing?" They're like, "I'm trying to lose water weight. I I have like weigh in tonight for this meet." I'm so mouth. fucking dumb. <laughs> oh yeah. For people who can't see this, this is a photo of a very young-looking Sam and Jules from 2013, and she definitely looks like she's inhaling a cigarette. You're on mute, Jules. <laughs> I'm posing with that cigarette. God damn it. <laughs> I love this. How dare you? I'm going to kill my dogs. Hold on. For those listening, she's not really killing her dogs. But no animals she really is in the filming. She really <laughs> She really is harming her lungs. <laughs> so here we are to talk about our next movie musical starring Danny Kaye, the Inspector General. What was this, 1943, 49? 49. Very young Danny Kay. Yeah, I think he was like 38 or something. I looked it up. Oh, he looks younger than that. He, he looks got aged younger. well. No, because he, he was, was born, born in 1911. What, 1911, and it was 49, so oh, okay. someone can do math. I lost my Danny Kay virginity to this movie, you guys. I did not know who we were talking about beforehand, and this was a treat. Let's go around. I'm imagining that this is all of our first times watching this. Has anybody else known about this before we watched it this week? Big Danny Kay fan right here. Josh, what was it like watching it a second time around? Or how many times have you watched this movie? Uh, it's probably the second or third. I think I went through this Big Danny Kay phase at one point and was like looking at all the songs because his wife, interestingly, was his writing partner and wrote mm -hmm. most of the songs in the movies that he appears in, which is why they're so specific to him and they're intricate. And there's all these crazy lyrics. And so, and this one, I think it has three songs, maybe, maybe it's three or four, but the Gypsy song is also 10 minutes long. It's like an insanely long piece. And there's so much weird stuff happening in that song that I love. I remember we, so we had the VHS of this when I was a kid and I remember exactly what the cover looked like but i didn't remember anything about the movie but i'd probably seen it several times as a child but not in at least 20 years mm -hmm. and i started watching it today the second he takes the lid off of the thing on the table and it's the head there i was like oh my god and it all came rushing back <laughs> and the song which is like one of my favorite things in the whole movie with a da, 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 hey i was yeah. like we gotta rip that off for our next thing <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny it all came just like rushing back to me and in that like weird you know like sponge brain child brain thing where it's all like in there but i hadn't thought about it in like 20 years so it was a super trip watching it i had so much fun i i, I don't know if i said this earlier but this was my first Danny Kay film and my first time watching this movie. And it was a trip. Cause last week, John, you were saying stuff like, oh, it's a Danny Kay movie, let's watch that. And I just like heard that as a name. And I pictured that that was like some like really respected, like artistic genius, Danny Kay. And like, yes he is, but he's like a goof-tacular actor. You he's know, a like clown. Uh, he's a clown. He's like- The whole thing clown. is just a clown bit, I feel it like. Is. 
it, I was just like, so like, oh, wow, this movie is not what I thought it was. It was a delight. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, I was struck by like how the comedy in this movie, it feels like very universal and like it still holds up and it's still funny. I'm curious to hear like what were everyone's favorite bit parts. I made a note on my phone because I liked it so much. The facial dancing uh -huh. I thought was incredible. Like the way he can isolate pieces of his face and then do them in the rhythm like one after the other. Oh my god. I loved it. That was amazing. The other thing I loved was the slapping Lotsy at the very beginning of the movie. Yeah. So good. And then I made a note in my phone that says, I want to sing a quartet with myself. <laughs> For those of you who didn't go to theater school, uh, Lotsy is basically just like a bit. Like it's a small piece of comedic, usually like physical comedy. Uh, but it comes from a really old school clowning style that started in Renaissance times in Italy and France. But yeah, Lotsy. So there was a lot of that going on in this movie. And I think that oh, was maybe one of my- There's just so many funny things. It was one of my favorite elements of this movie. It was kind of baffling to me as a modern viewer, I think because I'm so used to all the story elements being super connected and, and meaningful, you know, like whenever in a movie, the director chooses to visit a location that doesn't end up mattering, it feels like a waste to me as a modern viewer. You know, I'm all about this, like, let's make it snappy. Let's make it efficient. Let's make it make sense. And this movie was like, none of that. You know? <laughs> it was all about just like the rhythms of the comedy, just sort of leading it wherever it was going to go. And it was just like, Danny Kay, take me away to wherever, you know, like, I will follow your lead, sir. <laughs> like, yeah, so the stream, this like endless necklace of little Lotsy strung along. I really enjoyed it more than I expected. One of my favorite moments early on in the movie is when he's trying to drink from the water fountain. And as he gets closer to it, it goes away. Such a good com comedy bit. But then also, awesome. that's what's going to happen to him for the rest of the day. Until... Mm -hmm eat at the end right so good i'm in just with my favorite lotsy because i feel like that's what we're we're ticking off right now but Lindsay, when we were watching you had a big reaction to this moment too but i think it's definitely my favorite is uh danny case dressed in the uh general's uniform and they're having a toast to the emperor and he's like bah! and he throws the glass full of brandy into the fire and it just like you know flames out and then all the other townspeople are like oh this must be what the inspector does or this is how they toast in the big city and so they all throw their glasses into the fire as well <laughs> and that happens like probably two more times way too many times but it's still kind of funny and the very last beat is Danny Kay going to throw his last glass into the fire and then he just totally misses and breaks a window <laughs> for whatever reason so funny that just made me crack up so much because he looks he even looks at the fire and then he goes to throw and it just totally doesn't get a window so John <laughs> When we're talking about the secret, you know, you gotta, you gotta visualize it, but then you gotta follow through with actions. I also loved the the moment when he's wrestling with a dummy. Oh, it was so dumb, but like, I mean, it was such a good clown moment. He's such a good clown. Oh, yeah, I think my that. favorite little moment is after they him and Yakov get kicked out of the one town. He's moving to the other, and he like sits down and he looks at that rabbit and like makes a rabbit face, and then he gets up, and a horse runs by, and there's this giant cloud of dust. You see him come out of the dust, and then he blows dust like out of his mouth, and it's like such a silly <laughs> filmmaking moment that I'm I love how simple and how effective it is. It made me giggle. I also loved when they get chased out of the first town, and they've like 
left, run away, built a fire, they're talking, and then he goes, ooh, and pulls <laughs> have a, a fish. live fish out <laughs> of his shirt. <laughs> As if he didn't realize he had a live fish in his clothes that whole time. This isn't Danny Kay, but this ongoing bit of that guy rising from the table and being like, sir, I mean to resign my post or whatever. <laughs> it's so, so good. I don't know. I always like, even though I'm looking at another actor, I'm like, oh, that's Kyle. Kyle's the yeah. one who plays that guy. That first scene's so fun because that there's so many little bits when that, <laughs> that guy comes in to the room and he's like, I'm, I have, I'm getting run out of town. You guys, like, give me a horse. I have to leave. Every interaction he has, there's something weird happening. Like he walks by the two twins and like gives them weird eyeballs as he's leaving. And it's such a great introduction to all those the twins when the whole time they're like i'm it sick i'm fit sick or whatever and he always says i have the strawberry mark on my oh it's easy i have the the strawberry mark (laughs) and then at the end he looks at his leg and said oh i don't have it i am fit (laughs) sick i will say that i thought was the most extraordinarily dumb bit of the whole movie and just like they're setting it up for so long and that's the I'm like did he not look at his own leg like what is this joke it's so good so I'm curious to talk about Danny Kay some more one of the interesting things about Danny Kay that I find it's, it's fascinating is there's a lot of like rumors about his sexuality especially like in Hollywood at the end of you know the 40s and all that and he was married to a, a woman as we already had talked about but there was lots of different like hints in his movies about his sexuality whether or not like this is actually like what I think is like a writer is putting this in him doing it to like to prove like to, to give like a nudge and a wink to the audience that he's gay whether or not those that's actually the intent looking back on the movie there's a lot of a lot of homosexual things that pop up and i'm curious i mean that my flag is always up for that i'm curious if anybody else caught anything i think we already talked about one of the one of the moments of the the wrestling with with them like rolling around and and jumping on top of each other well particularly in that scene when he's hiding behind the uh the fencing dummy Mm -hmm. the sword is sort of like going through the fabric and then there's a very clear it's sort of an awkwardly timed bit it feels like during the scene but it's a bit where he's you know he dodges one sword thing he dodges the other one and he thinks the next one's going to be up here and so he bends over and then it goes like right into his butt (laughs) (laughs) it felt to me like that was a little bit coded if i'm going to be real especially because it was like very clearly like danny k like trying to fit in amongst all these like ruffian strong looking men (laughs) who are all working out it did, it did seem a little bit like a fantasy, for sure. <laughs> the thing that's so interesting about like the characters that he plays is that he's the leading man, but he's not, he doesn't have any of the leading man qualities of like being strong or he's like, he in a lot, and some of his movies, he like, pr- he portrays as like weak or sick. He definitely like is not all about getting the girl. I think one of the big scenes in this movie for me that one of my favorite scenes in the whole movie is when all of the different people come in and try to pay him off and then he hides them in the room as the next person comes in. That entire Lotsie to me was so freaking funny. It's beautifully done. So over the top. It's- Literally a, keeping people in, inside the wardrobe. Yeah. <laughs> John, did you read it all today in any of your research that there's a pretty famous allegation that he had a long-standing affair with Laurence Olivier? I did not know that. It's unsubstantiated, but there was, a, I think, a biographer that uh, wrote a book about Laurence Olivier and claimed that they had this 10-year-long affair. I mean, I believe oh. it. 
watched Hollywood, so I basically know everything there is about Hollywood history now. Yeah. <laughs> the love story does feel a little shoehorned in, in this movie. It's like, there's like, this pretty girl, and... <laughs> yeah, it's like they wrote it's just like they wrote terrible characters for women in the in the 40s almost <laughs> oh my god the wife character is like one of my favorite characters in the movie it's I think laughable she's so funny but like the whole movie is such a farce like it didn't bother me i feel like if the movie was trying to be something serious i would have cared more but mm-hmm. it, it don't make any sense yeah you guys said the love plot feels tacked on i'll just say that all of the plots feel t- tacked on <laughs> right good point <laughs> but i do feel like danny k is like really gay in the 40s way where it's just like he's like happy and fun and it's just a good time you know yeah he has like one of those like light voices he's a clown like that's the people could laugh at him and excuse him because Mm -hmm. he was a clown Mm -hmm. we we just mentioned the love plot i wanted to briefly touch on that because a very famous actress or like kind of like famously short-lived actress barbara bates plays the uh the sort of kitchen maid that he woos laser and she is famous for being in the very last scene of all about eve with the woman who's looking in the three-way mirror who's going to replace eve at the spoiler alert if anyone hasn't seen that <laughs> uh, i've never seen it okay well it's it's a classic You'll, you'd like it i think um it's all about <laughs> hollywood intrigue and sort of like Ooh. yeah it's great but anyway so that actor who is the sort of kitchen maid in this and is the only other human being on the poster for the inspector general besides <laughs> danny k she's about this big and <laughs> it's sort of st- squeezed in the bottom left i thought she was actually like quite wonderful in this movie like she has such a good like brooding <laughs> by the banister of the stairs a scene where she's like <laughs> overhearing the plot anyway so she's famous for being an all about eve and the woman who plays the wife of the town's mayor was long-term friends with lucille ball oh i love lucy yeah And they were in lots and lots of movies and TV shows together. I thought she was so funny. Of course, the character is dumb, but like every character in the movie is dumb. Her plotline really reminded me of like a Moliere play. You know, the young, beautiful woman who's married to the old rich man and is like trying to run away with the young rogue. But it's like she's in a plot all her own and like nobody else is in that plot with her. But it felt like very Moliere to me, which I loved. I had a pitch for a different song in this movie, which was, so you know the Danny Kaye song that he sings to the kitchen maid um, I, I forget what the main lyric the rainbows, of this song is. You something can't about rainbows. rainbows without rain. Yeah, you're not smiling and it's the happy times are here again or whatever. It's <laughs> all very like boilerplate romance. <laughs> it feels like totally unearned completely. For my money, what I would have loved to have seen is a song from the wife of the mayor to Danny Kaye singing her undying love to him and he's like pretty reluctant. <laughs> Um, so like an oh, unwilling yeah. duet would have been very funny or like her like fantasy for their life in Paris together. And he's like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> anyway, that's my pitch for uh, a song change in this movie. Happy times. Yeah, that's what it's called. Okay, here's my quickly becoming my new favorite question to ask the bunch. Besides the lead, who would you want to be in this movie? The jailer that seems the best. Oh, the jailer so who funny. gets who gets really excited about the hangings. It's so funny. Me? I'm sorry. We all know what my answer is going to be. Fido? Yeah, the dog. The The dog he races. And tries to give him his food. He's a good dog. Yeah. (laughs) He looks right at the camera. (laughs) He's like the only one who looks at the camera the whole movie. (laughs) 
same you said it earlier but i definitely would be the guy who stands up at every board meeting and says like i would like to take this opportunity to tender my resignation <laughs> i've basically already said it but i would love to play that wife character i think she's so much fun i think we all know who sam is in this movie right yeah i don't know the character's name i forgot the character's name but i'm the guy who's kyle's trying to quit on oh the, the mayor, mayor the, the mayor here's my I pitch think... i also i think that's a great role for you sam but i think you would also be a great axe guy <laughs> <laughs> i thought you were gonna say yakov Gonna say, I thought about Yaka. Mine is the costumer, which is only in the first scene. But he's like, no, not that one. <laughs> and he just gets a little bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. Do we have any other questions? Anything else to say about Danny Kay? And can we talk about the songs for one second? Yeah. Oh yeah. We, I feel like some yeah. attention must be paid. I feel like there's there's three big songs and then one that we can all forget about. <laughs> Happy times. I think you guys song? are forgetting about like the town song too. Are we counting oh, that one more so yeah, fucking to sword the sky. Out Yeah, but to the sky, that's fucking hilarious. So the town's name is Brodney. Brodney. Brodney? Brody? Brodney? Brodney. To the sky. <laughs> it's got so many like funny false endings. Yeah, it's a, it's a I, great uh, I'm looking at the soundtrack, the list of the soundtrack now just to see how many songs there actually I are. I want to shout out, I already mentioned the facial dancing, but I really loved that first uh, Yakov's Golden Elixir song. Mm. Um, and I also wanted to give an appreciation for specifically movie musicals with this facial dancing thing. Because facial dancing is something you could never do on a Broadway stage. And it's really fun to have a music, movie musical where he's doing that. Oh, I loved it. Note to and I also, sorry, go ahead. Next movie musical, all of us in 360 face dancing and the cameras rotating, one take, all of us. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds so good. And then of course, I also, another movie musical moment, which I already mentioned was singing a quartet with yourself. Can't oh, do that on stage. So great. Love it. I love that there's like a time-lapse song where he's eating and there's just like boinks. I watched a version that had subtitles over it. So there's all these boinks while he's digesting or something. I don't really know what was happening, but what? it's only something you'll see in a 40s movie. Someone like it was like a sound eating. effect being live scored to him eating. And so there was a lot of like, like have you I loved the use of sound effects in this movie. Yeah, it's very cartoony. Uh, I just wanted to shout out really quick uh, in that opening song, the elixir song. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, this is the scene. To be honest, I'll do it again. Like, I was actually confused as to whether this was supposed to be a time lapse or if it's sped up because he's supposed to be eating really fast. Right, eating real fast. He tries to eat a bag. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many of these moments where things are just like tossed away and the characters all just move on. Oh, a great moment of that, Josh, is in the gypsy dancing song when he has the sword that's literally lit on fire. And then when he's done with it, he just puts it down on the ground in front of the orchestra. And the guy, <laughs> doesn't the guy just step on it? He spends five minutes teaching people how to and sing then, in the song. It's so long. And then when his hair is on fire for a good like two minutes before he notices. <laughs> Here it is. This is public domain. We can we can show all this all day long. So he's waving. I the sword actually around. loved when he teaches the parts to the audience because it there sounds it so out. cool when it comes together too. So fun. That looks real. Like he lit his hair on fire. He just puts it there, and the guy's like, "Oh, uh, uh, well, I'm playing now, but I can do this too." <laughs> <laughs> That's it. <laughs> 
Balazzi where Danny Kay pretends to play the violin really good. That was really funny. And then his fingers get stuck in the strings and that's like actually played on whoever's actually playing violin. I was like, we could do that someday because that's a very funny totally little stage gag. What else about the music, Kyle? Um, I wanted to just go on a quick tangent about that opening number uh, where they, the band of Travelers is selling a uh, magical cure-all elixir. Lindsay, we were doing some research about this. That seems to be a strange kind of theme that runs through musical theater. Like there's a lot of examples of this type mm. of song of somebody hawking their wares. Sweeney Todd has something Pirelli's like that, miracle right? elixir, yeah. yeah. The music man to an extent, I guess, than the song where he convinces the town, but that's kind of the whole show. So it doesn't yeah. <laughs> feel exactly right. There yeah. is one that you brought to my attention, Lindsay, in Pete's Dragon which is a 1977 live action half animated movie (laughs) uh but there's a guy a sort of evil doctor who rolls into town and has a song where he's trying to sell his miracle potion but can't remember the name of the town the whole time (laughs) (laughs) anyway so it's it's part of a long line of miracle elixirs Uh, and they even use the line this will do the trick sir which is a, a famous line from the Sweeney Todd version of this thing. Do you think that that use of that line is an homage to this or a coincidence? I have to wonder. I mean, Stephen Sondheim a, giving an homage, obviously. <laughs> I think Stephen Sondheim could come up with the rhyme elixir and trickser. Sure. <laughs> However, calling it a, an elixir mm-hmm. feels very specific and it does feel like it references this type of thing. You know what I mean? Like it, I think it is meant to evoke this sort of thing. And Toby in Sweeney Todd has like a big mop of blonde hair. So mm-hmm. in that sense, he might be kind of evoking this idea of Danny Kay, who has this like glorious, you know, mop of curls. And that's what Pirelli's miracle elixir is said to do is give you lots and lots of hair. So, (laughs) yeah, so it it could be just like a very strange inside baseball kind of weird reference that ends up making sense to that plot later on in the 70s. But so I I wanted to bring that up. That's part of a long tradition of, you know, mountebanks and I love that word. Mm, I'm curious if there's any other card in Dominion of that that have that have the elixir in it. Hmm. I was just looking and I was thinking, oh, Wizard of Oz, what's what's uh, Professor Marvel doing? But he's a fortune teller. Same think- concept though, I feel like a char- charlatan hawking fake wares for miracle cures. Wicked, have another drink of green elixir mm. and we'll have ourselves a little mixer. Mm. I love how dumb the crowd is in, in this movie too. They are mm. immediately like taken by his head on a plate. And then, and then as soon as like one seed of doubt is planted, they turn the wagon over and run them out of town. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, like a light switch. I do love also that the head on the plate bit is reused later oh, in yeah. the show. And the elixir comes back too for one very brief mm-hmm. gag. I like really enjoyed it. <laughs> I couldn't believe how much I enjoyed it. For how much like pretty much pure bullshit it is, it's just a delight. You guys would love The Court Jester. I think that has some of the best songs he and his wife wrote. You can't outfox the fox. Yeah, I, that's so interesting that you said that, Josh, because I, I did feel like, especially with the facial dancing song, I was like, man, it just feels like that's so close. Like, how do you come up with this? How are you, how are you like, oh yeah, and then the end of every line will be a different facial expression unless you're like kind of like, 
working that out together, you know, um, it felt so specialized for that. And that felt awesome. Lindsay, you had had noticed something about all these songs that they all have in common, which would make it pretty frustrating to play as like a pit musician for this show, which is that all the songs have varying tempos throughout. Mm-hmm. And they keep like changing it up so that it'd be like really fast and then really slow and then just like full stop. And then we'll let Danny Kay do like some rubato for a few lines and then kind of like pick it back up. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of like very like halting kind of herky-jerky things going on sometimes. I can't remember what song it was, but I really loved, uh, really hearkened to um, ma- Modern Major General. Mm-hmm. That really like patter. <laughs> Danny Kay was like known for his patter songs. Like that's like Mm -hmm. one of the big things that he does. He was in Lady in the Dark by Gershwin and it was another famous writer. And I want to say part of a duo. Anywho, Danny Kay was in it and he plays this like extravagantly gay character. Like (laughs) bold, gay, gay, gay. I want to say like one of the first like big old queens. And he has this, uh, he has a couple of really historic hysterical songs lady in the dark if you haven't read or if you haven't listened to it check it out oh it's a kurt vile kurt vile i also just want to give a shout out to that like amazing blue general uniform because it looked great on him it was lovely (laughs) with the like shiny shoulders (laughs) you know i love a shiny shoulder the moment when the general comes back with his new general costume and they're like, he needs a new costume. He's like, it won't fit him. We'll take care of it. And they rip it right down the seams. (laughs) (laughs) And then they never, they never point this out in the movie, but that guy is telling him at one point, I'm getting a new one made and it's black with silver stuff. And then that's what he's wearing at the like ball later. Uh... What fun stuff. I enjoyed this a lot. I would be willing to say I could probably do Court Jester for next week. Yeah. No, we got to keep them, We got to keep changing. Okay. We'll come can back, can come back to Court Jester for sure. Can I ask a question before we find out what we're doing next week, which is like what part of this in now that we're like working on a new musical, what part of this gets you excited for writing or like you're like, oh, sh- we should do that. Uh, a stained uniform. <laughs> huh. He just like res- okay. any inspiration. <laughs> I'm I'm just right. good with. I love that mistaken identity. You know, yeah. I love someone in clothes they're not supposed to be in. That's funny. I, uh, I, love, I love an unenthusiastic oh. hey to button kind <laughs> of a song. <laughs> We're putting it in. I'm gonna write a song and it's gonna be in there. You guys. Someone said this, but I I feel like the first thirty minutes. He, we see Danny Kay backstage and he's like, I'm hungry. And then we spend the next 25, 30 minutes just seeing him trying to eat. And it's funny that like that is the cause of all these mistaken identities and him like blundering into things. I want to see that somewhere else where someone's like very simple need is what gets them in all kinds of trouble. Yeah, I'm thirsty. But, uh, I mean, our clown ooh. teacher always said the clowns have three main things they're going for and it's food, sex and shelter. And they really went for the food here. I love it. Classic clown. For me, a takeaway was I'm excited to like, to have like what we were talking about earlier, like the face dancing and like the moments of like timing, timing the water fountain to the music lulling and funny bits like that, I think is something that I, cause that's like good comedy that is just like universal. Yeah. yeah. It's fun that it's like prop humor that you can only get away with, with a camera too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that and also finding a way to stuff like, six people in a very small closet and try to like or something you know what i mean like any kind of 
clown car humor. We know you love Sardines, the game, John. It's like your favorite game. And it was all of your favorite games too, that night. Sure. 100% true. Uh, one, one thing I'd love is uh, like a frantic kind of like patter song of some kind. Maybe it's mm-hmm. like a, let's get this place cleaned up or maybe it's, you know, whatever. Yeah, some kind of like real like frantic energy. We're getting stuff all turned over before the big important person arrives or whatever. <laughs> Awesome. Next week, anybody want to take a pick? Sam still needs a pick. All right, let's do it, you guys. Let's do... Uh, it's either going to be Reefer Madness or Little Shop of Horrors. Which one do you guys want? I'd be so happy Reefer. with her. Reefer Madness. Reefer Madness. Yeah, it's yeah, great. Same. Reefer Madness. Kristen Bell. Woo! Kristen Bell, yeah. Oh my goodness, I'm so excited. Hell yeah. Well, I guess that's that's it for us today. Woo! Awesome. Thank you so much for everyone for listening in. Tune in next time. We'll talk about Reefer Madness, Reefer Madness. Hi. I want to resign. I resign. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the podcast. You can keep up to date with our latest shows by going to thicketandthistle.org. If you liked what you heard, please follow us on your social media app of choice. We are pretty easy to find. Thicket and Thistle.